Is it time to avoid Derrick Henry in drafts? What NFC South tight end could be in for a breakout in 2018? And what receivers finish in 2017 isn't matching up with their ADP this season? Plus, a former Football Guys Players Championship League winner who nearly auto-drafted his way to a $250,000 grand prize, Clay Corcoran will join the show to talk about his $9,000 sixth-place finish in the 2018 FPC. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. What more can I say? We top billing it. Valiant without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that killers. I just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away. I don't work for free and barely giving up away. Hotel begging Johnny and Mommy to get the away. Yo, here's a gun, son. Now run. Get it to go away. Another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Nobody Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you bulkaholics, angers, Zach, and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. Dave Gerzak coming up on tonight's show. We will briefly touch on one rookie quarterback surprising NFL Combine performance and discuss why last year's wide receiver 26 isn't being drafted until the 13th round so far this season. Plus, sixth-place FPC finisher Clay Corcoran will join us in just a little bit to talk about what it was like managing an auto-drafted team nearly to a $250,000 grand prize payday, plus his thoughts on Amir Abdullah, Marquise Goodwin's extension, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can post any questions you might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Our Facebook uh, location is facebook.com slash HSFFR. You can also go to our show website, HSFFR.com. If you want to chime in and talk with us tonight, please do. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now's the time to send them in. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce will get those to us uh, in the fantasy feedback segment coming up at the bottom of the hour. A couple of things I want to point out at the top of the show. If you were not aware, we've been live at MyFFPC.com with uh, Best Balls, Classics, Superflexes, uh, for roughly, oh, I don't know, a month or so, right around there. Uh, starting at $35 on up, you can uh, jump in on the drafting action uh, at uh, $77 level, $250 level as well. Uh, some double-ups are up on there, too, if you uh, wanted to try those out this year, 100% payout on those. MyFFPC.com is where to go. You can also go there to register for some Dynasty Startups. Yes, that's right, I said startups, starting at $77 there, going on all the way up to a $5,000 Dynasty League, which we're doing for the first time this year. Only 11 more spots to fill, 
for that one. We already have well, one team signed up for it. So we'll find out uh, what happens uh, when that fills. That is going to be a fa- uh, fantastic uh, dynasty draft to follow over the next few years. Uh, again, myffpc.com is where you can sign up for those dynasty startups. And there are some orphans, dynasty orphans out there still. Uh, some were just added over the last couple of days. Some good deals on those. So check those out, myffpc.com. Rotoviz.com slash podcast is where you can download the latest episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown with yours truly and Aunt Jemima himself, John Terry, a longtime FFPC dynasty player and a, uh, a dynasty champ, a guy who's won uh, several of the 500 leagues more than once. Uh, great stuff on there. It is pretty much, if I can recap it, we, we get into a little bit uh, of stuff on Jarvis Landry, get into some stuff on Devin Funches, but the rest of it, honestly, is all rookie running backs, rookie receivers, rookie tight ends, so a lot of great stuff there um, uh, from uh, one of the best out there, John Terry. So check that out, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Dave, I uh, had the show all prepped with Rob this afternoon. And then uh, the Browns decided to start their work week on Friday afternoon, culminating uh, three trades today. Three. Trades are rare in the NFL. To have three of them on one day is rare. To have three of them by the same team is, is ultra rare, unless we are living in the movie Draft Day, which I am not convinced we're not. It seems like we might be. It's it was like insane. They're running their own dynasty team. Jarvis Landry is a Brown. Yes. Tyrod Taylor is a Brown. Yep. And Deshaun Kaiser is uh, okay. just uh, got uh, Aaron Rodgers out of a job. Poor Rodgers. Yeah, I don't know where he's going to go now. <laughs> Maybe Buffalo. They yeah. need a guy there. He's a good cold-weather quarterback. You had some thoughts on these trades today. And I did not ask for them before the show because I wanted to have them organic on the show. Talk a little bit about, and I don't know if, if, if these thoughts are about how the Browns are running their franchise or if there's a fantasy commentary. I'm against my better judgment. I'm sort of just going to let you oh, go you know, here. Go ahead. Your thoughts on these, on these deals that went down. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to leave the, uh, the Kaiser, the Kaiser with the, for the cornerback, the Packers trade. I'm going to leave that one alone a little bit because it's a player for a player and whatever. But, I mean, okay, so Jarvis Landry. Yeah. So I'm reading now that he's not even guaranteed to sign a long-term extension. He might just play out the year and see what happens. Yep. So they, so they already had Corey Coleman. Yes. Unproven young guy, but you know, high draft pick, second rounder. He's been injured the last few years with kind of freaky injuries. Yeah. So then, you know, Josh Gordon coming off, you know, the drug thing or whatever, and he's yeah. seemingly fine. Mm-hmm. So what do you need another receiver like Landry for? I don't really get that. So okay, fine. You give away the draft pick for that. That, two draft picks. Two draft It's pretty cheap, granted. But, I mean, you don't even know if you're going to keep them. And then Cheap as far as draft picks go, but right. in order for this guy to be an asset for your franchise going forward, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. Exactly. And is this team going to win the Super Bowl to compete this year for it? No, of course not. And so then you give away the 65th pick overall for Tyrod Taylor, who the Bills actively wanted to give away for, like, less than zero last year. May have ended up cutting him. Yeah, they, they didn't yeah. like him. I mean, that's a, that is a god-awful trade. I mean, the 65th draft, draft pick is a, is a valuable capital. And Taylor's a free agent after the season, too. I don't even I don't understand it at all. Yeah. Um, I know that for fantasy purposes, people are getting excited, but on the same token... Who should they? I don't think they should. Right. So I think, okay, so now you have Njoku. Yep. You have Corey Coleman, Josh yep. Gordon, yep. Jarvis Landry, uh-huh. and probably Saquon Barkley. Yep. I mean, you know, Duke first, Johnson. 
Dude, Josh has a third down back. Maybe not. Maybe we'll get time. Maybe not. 40, 50 catches. So Tyrod Taylor is like the only guy that I'm looking at like really benefiting here. I mean, what do you do with Njoku? I can't feel good about him. What no. option is he in the passing game? No. Josh Ford, I'm a little bit less excited about. Yep. Landry's going to get over the over the middle work. Corey Coleman, I'm not interested in anymore at all. Um, and Landry, I mean, you know, who know, you, you know what? When receivers change teams, they usually drop in performance like 10, 20 percent. Mm-hmm. So, great job, Josh Gordon. Well, you know, here's all the things. I'm sorry, all the things that happen. Everyone's going to be all about this. So these guys oh, will yeah. probably all get overdrafted. Uh, overdrafted. Uh, this reminds me, and I can't believe I'm saying this, of the Patriots a few years ago, mm-hmm. where there was all these guys: Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski, Brandon Lloyd, Brandon Wes Lloyd. Welker, all being drafted super high. We knew one of them was going to bust. Yep. We didn't know which one. It ended up being Brandon Lloyd. Yep. Uh, this could be a, a certain situation, David. Maybe not just one of them bust. Maybe they all do. Now, the ADP is going to change based on this. But I'll tell you this. Josh Gordon had a pretty significant part of the receiving pie. Duke Johnson did last year. I don't know how it was going to be this year. Saquon Barkley, you would figure, would have a significant portion of that. David Njoku taking a sophomore step forward. You would think he would have a decent amount. You'd like to think that Corey Coleman, a guy they invested a second-round pick into, would also play a big role in that. And Jarvis Landry caught 100 passes basically every single year of his career. Right. I don't think that that pie is going to get bigger and, or big enough where all these guys are going to represent good in fantasy investments this year. And frankly, if I owned any of these guys in Dynasty, remember we talked about maybe Jarvis Landry's role doesn't change a whole lot. I think it did. Mm-hmm. Or his fantasy value doesn't change a whole lot. I think it did. And I'm not thrilled as a Landry owner in one of my leagues with this. I was hoping he would go to a place like Baltimore where they literally have nobody who can catch passes. Cleveland, there's too much talent there. I don't like this for fantasy. Should be good for the Browns as far as their passing attack goes. It's, it's definitely got more you know, sharp, jagged teeth this year than it did last year and is basically toothless. Uh, I am uh, I'm not thrilled with this at all. <laughs> I mean, for Barkley's sake, you're not going to see it in the box, assuming that they do draft him. So that's a big benefit. Right. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor, he threw for 2,800 yards last year on 14 starts because he got benched in that one game. 14 total touchdowns. Granted, you know, the receivers were even close to his talent yep. as what he's going to have here. Yep. But he's just not that great of a player. I mean, it, the 62% completion percentage, I mean, that's okay. Not that great of a player, but a guy I'm interested in getting business, as Farrell Elliott from the KFFS, you would say, I'm interested in getting into business with him for fantasy this year. You know, like, I'll see. I mean, he doesn't, you know, it seems like he's this guy who's supposed to rush for all, he only only ran for 256 yards last year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I like this. all the talented receivers. I like this for Tyrod Taylor. I'm not a huge fan of it for uh, the rest of the Browns. Uh, we've done he's not enough. going to be cheap. He will, he'll, he'll be Tyrod more, Taylor, you think he's going to get pushed up? You I think, think a Browns quarterback is going to be overdrafted this year? I, I, oddly enough, I do. <laughs> it could happen, I guess. Calm down, everybody. The Browns, they still kind of suck. You know what? The wor- to block At, you know, after what we saw, what the Browns pulled off today, clearly the world's ending today or tomorrow. So enjoy <laughs> it, people, because uh, it's all going to come to a crashing end. Not before we get to bring in tonight's guest, though. Uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, he missed his 2017 FPC draft. Had the entire roster auto-drafted, but it wasn't a problem to get some cash out of it as he managed it all the way up to not sixth place in his league, sixth place overall. Out of more than 7,000 teams and route to a $9,000 prize, he's dropping into the show right now to tell us all about it. Please welcome in Mr. Clay Corcoran. Clay, thanks so much for joining the show tonight, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. 
the exciting stuff. So you had, you already had an exciting evening tonight because you were receiving uh, an award for your career tonight. Is that true? Uh, yeah, I'm a teacher at a uh, local university here in central Florida and um, had a banquet to attend and got a little recognition there, but I made it back. Um, <laughs> I've got a sick wife at home and two kids, but uh, hopefully I can get through this uh, 20, 25 minutes here with you guys. Talk a little fantasy football. <laughs> Not, nothing like wetting the appetite for uh, some fantasy football in March. Uh, so we're we're definitely thankful that uh, we can uh, you know hopefully give you a little bit of a respite here and uh, well, real take quick, your mind off things. Real quick, what do you teach? Uh, I teach people how to take X-rays. Actually, um, been oh, doing cool. that. I'm a licensed X-ray tech. Been doing it for about 15 years. Um, claim to fame is I took an X-ray on Cadillac Williams once when he blew out his patella. And it was supposed to be on the anterior perspective, and it was more on like the lateral medial perspective. Oh. So, so, um, so when you got his X-ray, do you, you just go like you look at it like, oh damn, oh, you know, I got to trade this guy in Dynasty you, right now? Yeah, we can't we can't tell the patients anything, so we have to kind of keep it a secret, even though we know what's going on. The the doctor's got to be the one that comes in and tells them the the prognosis. So. We have to kind of uh, kind of keep our mouths shut, even though I saw exactly what was going on there. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that, they seem like tens of thousands of these. They all know exactly. You know, yeah. You know what's up. Anyway, yeah. all right, back to football. So the night of the auto-drafted team, first of all, what happened? Did, secondly, did our commissioner try and get a hold of you? Did I have to <laughs> do a little bit of labor check here to make sure that we're doing our jobs? And uh, what did you think of the team when you took a look at it afterwards? Yeah, well, first of all, it was completely uh, my fault. You guys did nothing wrong. Um, I have a four-year-old son that uh, got sick that night, and usually I don't intend to draft till like 10 or 11 o'clock till everybody's asleep, and uh, he happened to get sick. And I had to take care of him. Um, so I, I, you know, it was kind of one of those moments where you decide, well, what's more important in the grand scheme of things, fantasy football or – you know, taking care of your family, and I had to choose my family for a brief moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> after I saw the team, I was, uh, you know, the first three rounds are pretty much exactly how I would have picked them. I uh, got Antonio Brown, Hopkins, and Gurley. Totally happy with that. Uh, after that, uh, went pretty downhill. Um, so I probably would have picked <laughs> different guys after that. But, um, you know, I kind of, uh, you know, the reason why I'm not too uh, down about auto-drafting is when I pick my own guys, I kind of get attached to them, and if they start sucking, I have trouble letting them go. But when I have an auto-drafted team, then, you know, I'm not too bad. It's not too bad. Uh, you know, it's not too hard to let them go if they start doing bad and picking up other guys, which can be can actually work to your advantage, as it did for me. Okay. Yeah, I like that. No emotional attachment. That's what it's all about. Just cold-hearted cold analytics. That's what gets it done. That's what got it done for Clay here. You obviously hit the waiver wire man hard. You picked up difference makers like Kenyon Drake was a, was a massive difference maker down the stretch. Adam Shaheen, obviously in a tight end premium format, he came through for you too. Uh, and others, your team just caught fire, I believe, starting in November. What was that like when you saw this team just really turn it on? And when did you start thinking that, hey, I got a shot at this 250 grand? Yeah, um, it was about November when it started really clicking. Um, 
you know, by that time, I only had six of the original uh, uh, players that had been auto-drafted for me. I counted 14 of them that I had picked up off the waivers, and um, I was just, you know, I looked at the upcoming matchups, and I thought, well, you know, I could actually win this league. And that was kind of my goal at that point was to win the league, and uh, I did, obviously. And then um, after the first week in the playoffs, I was sitting in 40th place, and I thought, well, you know, I might have a shot actually winning a little bit of money here. And then after the second week, I was sitting in week 15, I was sitting in second place and looking at my matchups, and I'm like, holy cow, I could actually win this whole thing. But um, a couple injuries, I had Antonio Brown on my team, and he went down. And I had uh, Rex Burkhead, who had kind of carried me from week 12 to about about 15. He went down, and then I knew I was kind of, you know, facing an upper hill challenge there. But, um, you know, I came home sixth place when it was all said and done. And uh, while I'd like to win the $250,000, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, I got to tell you, nobody, I, to my knowledge, nobody has ever had an auto-drafted team and managed it all the way better than everybody else in the contest except for five teams. So certainly hang your head on that. And for the listeners, too, um, who don't know this, Clay actually emailed me, um, you know, as, as his team was really turning it on and, and uh, you know, he'd say, like, hey, uh, I, I, I stuck into the league class this week. They start, you know, wish me luck. And, and I was like, oh, this, this is awesome. You could actually win your league, you know, right, yeah. doing this auto-draft. And then you would won, and then the championship round start, and then you're in 60th, and then you're in 40th, and then you're in second. And I'm giving Dave updates on this every week. I'm like, hey, that guy who auto-drafted, he's in second place overall. Right? And it's, it just, I can't remember when, when we, we ceased being amazed by it, but at, at that point it was just like, look, anything's possible. Uh, this, this team could actually win it all, and, and what a story it would have been. Seriously, sixth overall, too, is, 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 uh, is certainly um, – uh, something to be very proud of. And Dave, Clay has an, uh, a previous experience <laughs> with, with, with auto-drafting as well here. Yeah, so this wasn't your first auto-drafted team from what I'm reading, um, but it's also not the first time you've won an FBC league with an auto-drafted team. Is that actually correct? Yeah, yeah. So, I've, I mean, life happens, and uh, I've had a couple of <laughs> auto-drafted teams, and I've learned, you know, sometimes it's kind of like that, that that theory that you know the best chess players in the world can't beat the computers. Um, I feel like maybe the best fantasy football players in the world can't actually beat the computers either. So maybe the fan, maybe the auto draft is the way to go. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I really interrupt you real quick. We we don't have IBM Watson working here on the auto draft. By yeah, the way. no, we don't. There's no super intelligence back here. I think it's David Dodds and a couple of guys <laughs> yeah. throwing together an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I understand, but um, uh, anyway, so, you know, it's not like I really intend to ever auto-draft a team, but um, things happen, and, you know, I kind of reluctantly condone it once in a while, and I work with it, and um, I I had six football guys' teams this year, and the only one that won the championship was the one that was auto-drafted, so go figure. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm actually, you know, next time that happens to someone else, you know, because, Clay, you're always you know, seemingly pretty cool about it. 
um, you know, and they're complaining about it. I'll be like, hey, you know, we had a guy. Like, who don't was, tell me it's not possible. We had a guy who finished, you know, six overall. Ace, Ace's Rebels in the chat tonight, uh, Clay, our, our good friend Lexus, he, he's calling you the fantasy football miracle worker, <laughs> which I, I, I think is a, is, is a new nickname, uh, uh, definitely a moniker that, that you should uh, be carrying. Uh, let's look ahead to this year. Hopefully uh, no auto-drafted teams are in your future. But uh, a guy that is being selected pretty high in drafts right now, Derrick Henry, is going at the 302, and his ADP is actually going to probably rise a little bit now, given that, what, 48 hours ago, 36 hours ago, DeMarco Murray uh, was informed that he will be released as a member of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, how concerned are you that he might actually rise to be going too high in drafts, given that Tennessee could still add a pass-catching running back that would come in on third down, Sir Henry. We know that, that Derrick Henry isn't exactly a you know, 60, 70 to, uh, catch monster, uh, pass-catching monster in the past. I don't know what, what you um, think of him going forward, but talk a little bit about uh, the spot in the draft that you would still be comfortable drafting Derrick Henry given this opportunity in front of him. Well, sure. Uh, actually, I think I was a year ahead on Derrick Henry because the drafts that weren't auto-drafts, uh, he was one of the guys I targeted in the middle rounds because I thought for sure he was going to outplay DeMarco Murray at some point and take over the lead role. Uh never happened last year, but obviously it's going to happen this year. Um, I kind of look at him, I, you know, he kind of reminds me of Jamal Lewis back in like the late 90s, early 2000s when he had his 2,000-yard uh, rushing year. So I kind of look at him like that. I don't know that any running back is going to get 2,000 yards ever again, but – uh, that's who I like to compare him to, and um, you know, for me, I'm not afraid to take him as early as probably late first round, second round. Now, he's a throwback, Dave. Derrick Henry's a, a total throwback. A a, a guy um, with a early 2000s, late 1990s game that that's still uh, producing with uh, with what he's got, and he's obviously in for uh, for a monster year. Do you like Derrick Henry in the second round this year? Just curious. I don't know about the second round. We haven't talked about him a whole lot. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was actually just looking him up because I haven't won Dynasty. And, yeah. And, uh, that's, you know, Flip him! I was thinking about it, yeah. actually. It's like a, it's for the not, 101. You know, second round for a guy who doesn't catch passes, or, you know, he'll catch a number of them, maybe right. 25 or something like that. It's a little bit – I'm a little, a little nervous. I'll tell you what, what happens if, if they don't add a, a guy in the – a pass catcher in the second or third round. What happens if they add a pass catching dra- uh, back on, like, day three? Now, all of a sudden, Derrick Henry gets a lot more well, interesting. So, so, yeah, but is he all of a sudden to catch 58 passes or something? I don't know. No. I don't know. Maybe Corey Davis. And, uh, you know, don't well, forget look, the, we all know the that's gonna over from the Rams, too. So, you know, he worked with Gurley last year, so maybe he can turn Henry into another Gurley this year is what I'm thinking. Excellent yeah. point. The Frenchman LeFleur. Yes, LeFleur. Getting, uh, you know, it's... Uh, you you gotta, getting him the, the, the wine and the baguettes into his system. That's that's what turns uh, bruising running backs into pass catchers. And the French fries. For sure. Yeah, exactly. So uh, going back to the FFPC ADP right now is uh, newly extended and uh, got a lot of money in his pocket there. Mike Evans just got an extension today. Five years, $82 million. Oh, man, good for him. And A.J. Green. I'm getting a similar deal from the FFPC. I don't know if you knew this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Five years... Yeah. 82,000? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> the, the yeah, just divide that by 100, and you're <laughs> right around there. So Mike Evans and A.J. Green are pretty close to each other in ADP. Uh, A.J. Green did not get an extension. Uh, which guy would you rather have this season? Uh, to me, those two guys are, you know, it's pretty much a coin toss, but where they're going is, is awesome. You know, they've been kind of parentally top 
you know, first round guys, maybe top ten guys or so, and all of a sudden they're late second rounds. Um, you know, I would have no trouble taking those guys over, you know, anybody that's going around the same area, uh, like Devontae Freeman or Gronk or uh, Zach Ertz, even Tyreek Hill. I like them better than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's too up and down for me, but um, I think both of them are going to be uh, going to have some bounce back years. They kind of underperformed last year, but, you know, I expect both of them to have some bounce back years this year. So I'd, I'd go with either one of those guys, whichever one's available at the end of the second round. Take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, Clay, there's a lot of receivers that were going in the first round last year that you can get in the second this year because of all those running backs getting pushed up. You look at, I think there's like nine running backs going in the first round right now. Gurley, Bell, Elliott, Johnson, Kamara, uh, Hunt, Barkley, uh, Fournette, and Gordon. So, you know, guys that were going in the first round last year, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas at the end of the first, um, Mike Evans, A.J. Green. I mean, these guys can all be had in the second round, you might even see, you know, we've seen an FFPC draft so far that Evans and Green have lasted the third in some best ball drafts. So those running backs uh, that are that are being selected in the first round, they're getting you some good value in the second round for sure. Clay Corcoran is our guest tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Had his team auto-drafted, but he switched around the makeup of it and managed it all the way to sixth overall and a $9,000 prize. Marquise Goodwin got a little bit more than a $9,000 prize recently from the San Francisco 49ers. He is locked up there for uh, the next three years, catching passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. And he looked awesome after uh, Garoppolo took over. I, actually, after when Garoppolo took over last year, Marquise Goran, for those, I think it was nine weeks or eight, eight or nine weeks, he was the wide receiver 17 in that time. So he was, looked absolutely phenomenal. And granted, that was without Pierre Garcon, too. But still... He's going at the 11:02 right now in FFPC drafts. Clay, would you be taking Marquise Goodwin higher than that, given what he did last year? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I can't even believe when I saw the ADP list. Um, I couldn't believe he's going in 11th round. That just seems way too low to me, even with Pierre Garcon coming back. And you know, I've heard a couple, or I've seen, I've read a couple of uh, mock drafts where they're thinking about taking the guy out of Alabama, that, uh, Calvin Ridley, possibly in the first round. Uh, even if that happens, I mean, Goodwin's such a huge deep threat, and um, you know, it's I, I just don't see with Garoppolo there and how good they're playing at the end of the year there. I don't understand why he's an 11th round pick. He should be more, you know, at least three, four rounds higher in my opinion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out here, Dave, and, and, and Clay, feel free to disagree with me. I think if Marquise Goodwin was slower, he'd be drafted higher. <laughs> Honestly. No, and, and the reason he's too fast. He's too fast because everybody thinks, ah, oh, he's just a speed guy. You know, he's, and, and this, is, this, is, this is sort of like he's 28 years old. It's not like he just got in the league. A lot of people have always thought this of Marquise Goodwin. Well, because he sucked and, the and, entire time he's uh, on the NFL. Until, until, Kyle, until Kyle Shanahan took over and was like, look, we're not going to use him as a speed guy. We're going to actually give this guy real routes, and he's going to be a real receiver. And he was wide receiver 17 when he's given the opportunity. So I think that if yeah, he, he got a lot of touchdowns, he had two. Yeah. Two touchdowns yeah, the whole and, year. And he was still wide receiver 17. For Jimmy, I'm better than Brady now. Garoppolo, right. Mr. Handsome, West Coast right. punk, Jimmy so, Garoppolo. So my, two touchdowns. Yes, so two touchdowns. So just think about if that regresses positively, <laughs> which it should this coming year. That's progressive. Uh, progressive? No, you can't. It's, that's not the way you use that term. How do you but regress upwards? You regress positively or negatively. He's in for a positive touchdown. Look at a stats touch, folks. That's fine. Go ahead and do it. 
Um, but I, I'm just telling you this right now. I think if Marquis, I think that everybody thinks he is so fast, he's a speed guy. If he was actually slower, he would be he would be drafted higher. Anyway, oh, yeah, let's move on to oh, tight end. Yes, that's a good theory. That's interesting. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you. <laughs> put that on a Rolofa's article or something. Yeah, maybe I will. <laughs> just uh, I'll let uh, Joe Pano, uh, last week's guest, I'll, I'll let him know and he, he can write it up. Yeah, he can, he can steal it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, Clay. So who had the better soft? Who's going to have the better sophomore season in 2018 at tight end? OJ. We're not going to ask about Evan Ingram. That would be cheating. Right. OJ Howard or David Njoku, one of 18 target monsters over in there in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I say about that is, you know, I live in the Tampa area and I listen to nothing but Tampa sports radio in the morning. And, um, you know, the message coming out of one buck place about O.J. Howard just seems like he's kind of a slacker. Um, I don't know that the team's real happy with him. He's got the talent, but I just don't know, you know, the the talent isn't all you need. You need the the motivation and the personality, too. I don't really know too much about Najoko, to tell you the truth, but I'm assuming that uh, Cleveland's probably going to draft a quarterback in the first round. And, um, you know, whether that's Darnold or or one of the other guys is to be seen. But um, I always think that uh, rookie quarterbacks tend to use their uh, tight ends as kind of a safety blanket. So I, I, I think I like Njoku a little bit better because of that reason. But it's kind of one of the things you've got to wait and see how the draft plays out. But, yeah, I'm just I'm not liking the vibe I'm hearing about O.J. Howard down here. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a question I so. – I know it's pretty hot in Tampa, right? So you know, so you have to have this problem. You have this problem with Austin Sperry and Jenkins. Now you have OJ Howard. Oh yeah. Jenkins was drinking all the time. How is it just too hot? Is it stifling heat down there in Tampa? I mean, I know it makes him go crazy. January, February, March is no problem. It's beautiful, but you know, it gets a little humid. Is that what's the story? Yeah, I mean, if you're not used to it, it takes some getting used to for <laughs> sure. I've, I've lived down. I'm, I'm originally from Nebraska, but I've lived down here for. Uh, about 15 years now, and um, man, it, it, it takes some getting used to. So if you're, and especially you know, just for me, I'm walking out to my mailbox and sweating. I can't imagine having full football pads <laughs> on if you grew up in Minnesota or something. Coming back, coming right. down to Tampa, so uh, it's de- it's definitely a, a different climate down here, and it takes some getting used to. I'm just thinking about I this. Like the you, you know, like, but like, look at the recent history of Tampa tight end. You had Cameron Braid, who obviously was, was was very good. But then you had what? I mean, we already mentioned O.J. Howard, and, and maybe there, there's some uh, performance and motivation issues with him. A.S.J. obviously played his way out of town. Wasn't Kellen Winslow uh, a Tampa tight end too? That that's true, and the weather was the same. Yeah. Well, one way to argue, it's a little bit hotter now, right. but still. Pretty darn close. Yeah, so I I don't know. I, they just the the, t- the, the tight ends in Tampa just for whatever reason there's you get that there's, out. there's issues. And now I gotta I gotta find a trade partner for OJ Howard in, in Dynasty. Yeah, I know. Right. This, this is great. I'm so glad we get to do this show, get this inside information, and, and dump OJ Howard. That actually is kind of insightful. Yeah. Uh, it is very insightful. Let's get to uh, some emails here for uh, for Clay uh, that we received uh, from listeners, and he can offer some insight on those as well. Bill in Dayton, Ohio, what are your thoughts on the likelihood that Kenyon Drake is the featured running back in Miami this season? Thanks, Clay. That is Bill in Dayton, Ohio. Bill, thank you for the email. Kenyon Drake, obviously we talked about him uh, earlier at the top of the show, crushed it down the stretch last year. We haven't really – I haven't heard any hot rumors that Miami's looking for a a running back in the first couple of rounds of the draft or if they're tied to any potential free agent running backs out there. So it looks like it's Drake's show right now – 
Clay, what's your feeling on how that uh, opportunity is going to last for him this year? That's pretty much identical to how I feel. You know, the, the draft's going to be the tall tale of that story. But right now, Drake looks like the feature guy. Who knows? You know, there's some good running backs coming out in the draft. Uh, I don't know where Miami's going to go for sure. But, you know, right now I think um, uh, Drake uh, – going in uh, he looks like he's going in third or fourth round late third fourth uh, early fourth rounds about right um but that could change in a heartbeat you know in the draft or uh, free agency coming up too yeah if you if you are looking for um you know trying to hit on some value if if the dolphins you know just bring in like a complimentary piece or if they bring damian williams back and it's the drake and williams show back there again drake in the fourth round the williams the williams is well, I'm just saying, like, you know, he, he was the other guy back there last year. You know year. what's going to happen. Okay, what's going to happen? Miami's management sucks, right? Right. So Drake looked good. Uh-huh. So he's definitely, he's, gone. he's definitely good enough to start. So they're obviously going to draft someone. <laughs> because they don't need to really draft someone. They need, some other, they need other players. Yeah. They need something else. So they're going to draft someone to replace the, one of the better positions they have on the team. Yeah. And too early, probably, too. They just traded their best receiver. Let's, sure. uh, let's get somebody to play in front of our best running back. Right, and then they're going to draft Baker Mayfield and somehow turn him into a bust. Or a running back. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, I can maybe. see that happening, too. Bunch of idiots. Uh, Randy in Sanford, North Carolina writes, will Amir Abdullah ever get it in the NFL, or is he simply a guy to move away from going forward until he shows something? Thank you for the email. That's Randy in Sanford, North Carolina. Clay, your thoughts on Amir Abdullah from a fantasy perspective right now on the Detroit Lions? Well, uh, for me, uh, I grew up in Nebraska, and Amir Abdullah is a fellow Husker. Um, He's been disappointing to me in the NFL. I really thought he was going to be a superstar. Um, He's got the injury bug lately. You know, that uh, Lins Frank injury he had a year ago, I think was still nagging him last year. Um, I hate to say it, but I think, the Lions are probably going to throw in the towel on him. I don't. I don't really see him uh, being successful in the NFL. As much as I hate to say that, Dave, you've never been in a big. I mean, you, you kind of were on a Miracula. I, I, I like to do a lot his rookie year, and yeah. just, unfortunately, has not done much of anything. It's uh, too bad. Going at the 1901 in best ball drafts right now. I think I could get behind that. I can get price. behind that for sure. That's yeah. Cheap. That, so as long as he's going there, that's um, that's something we can get behind. We can also get behind one more question for Clay Corker on tonight, Dave, our, our guest uh, tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. All right, Clay, so looking ahead to this coming year, uh, who is a player you're going to be staying away from in the first few rounds? And a guy that you think will be flying under the radar in 2018. Balky and I use this question to uh, make our draft boards look pretty. <laughs> Uh, well, I've got two guys that I'm avoiding, actually, in the first two rounds based on the ADP that I was looking at earlier. And uh, the first is Odell Beckham. Uh, that just makes me nervous. The Giants just seem like, I like they're that. in turmoil. Um, I watched that the replay of that injury in the preseason, and then they tried to play him on that. It's just I, it, I just don't like the whole situation there with Odell, so I'm not going to draft him. He's too risky. Uh, he's going late first round, which uh, there's too much risk involved. There's too many other um, quality players that are are much less risky that I'm going to take at that point. And then the other guy that I don't like uh, is LaShawn McCoy. Um, he turns 30 in, in July, and you know it's a well-known fact what happens to running backs after they turn 30. 
and you know uh, Buffalo's used him a lot over the past few years, so it's not like he doesn't have a lot of tread. So um, those are two guys that I'm going to avoid in pretty much all my drafts. What happens? What happens to running backs? Nothing, nothing against the other one. Right. What happens to running backs when they turn thirty is the same thing that happened to me when I turned twenty. Just my body fell apart. Always Yeah. Oh man, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm only a couple of years away. It's, it's not going to be not going to be fun. Is there a, is there a guy uh, Clay that that you like maybe uh, deeper in the draft that you'll be targeting as far as like a value right now? a guy that you'll be targeting, like, look, I, I'm, I'm going to try to get this guy in, in the double-digit rounds. Or Is there anybody that stands out right now or, or, or not? Yeah, there's a couple I was looking at in ADP. Um, uh, first of all, uh, Cameron Meredith, uh, way deep in the draft. Um, man, he looked so good with Jay Cutler uh, two years ago. And um, then they traded Alshon Jeffrey, and he was going to be the lead guy last year. He got hurt in preseason. He's going to be back. And I think that's all that Trubisky needs is a good, uh, you know, good, re- good uh, wide receiver. So you know, he didn't have that with the guys he had last year. So I look for him to be uh, of real good value late in the draft. And um, then the other guy I saw that um, I think Gruden's going to make a huge difference is uh, Amari Cooper, who's going in the fourth round. Um, I think he's going to be back to a second or first round talent with uh, Gruden behind the helm, hopefully, anyway, with, uh, with and if Derek Carr stays there, too. So those are the two guys that I'd, I had uh, highlighted when I was looking at the ADP. I like it. The Amari Cooper, I'm behind I'm behind it 100% uh, for sure. So that's that's good stuff. Listen, Clay, this is uh, a lot of fun having you on tonight and, and talking to you about uh, both last year and then as we look forward to this year, always fun to, to pick your brain, especially since you are the waiver wire genius that has been uh, been able to make over some uh, sure. some uh, some auto-drafted teams and, and turn them into um, some, some pretty dominant forces. So congrats on the success last year. Uh, congrats on the success this evening uh, for your award. And uh, listen, take care of your family, man. You chose family over fantasy football once, uh, it, you know, this past, this past year, and your team got auto-drafted. And karma looked down on you. The fantasy gods blessed you with a sixth-place overall finish. So certainly uh, a warm story, and we always like hearing those on the show tonight. Thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciated it. Yeah, thanks for, uh, for having me. And I uh... – Wish you guys the best of luck, and hopefully uh, next year when you're interviewing me, I'll be the $250,000 winner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can't wait for it. Thanks, Clay. Have a great night, man. You bet. Take care. Clay Corcoran, ladies and gentlemen. He is the sixth-place finisher in the Football Guys Players Championship. Did it via auto-drafting. God bless it. You sound Uh, a little bit like a preacher. Really? Yeah, you're giving the benediction over there when you're letting him go. God bless you and keep you and make a space down upon you. Grant your peace. See you later. Clay. You know, honestly, that's what the fantasy Amen. gods that fantasy gods did that. <laughs> I heard an interesting thing on the ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast that came out today. Wanted to share it with you and get your thoughts on it. Great. From a dynasty standpoint, Dave, have you looked at the receivers, first-round receivers, first-round NFL receivers over the last three years? Oh, this pastor has gone awful. Oh, oh, oh. I will make the point that oh, the past few years 
have not really been good at all. And you know the problem is because the 2014 season was so amazing with all those stars. Okay, now you can make that argument. Yeah, it was everyone, great. Everyone was expecting Watkins, Beckham, yeah. Evans. Yeah. Who else am I forgetting in that track? Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Brandon Cooks. Cooks, yep. Yeah. There's probably still a couple others. Look at the last three years since then. Woof. Since the Bothell year. So, okay, wait, can, can I throw some names out there? Well, can we just... Go ahead, you just do it the way you want to do it. I, I want to do it the way I want to do it. So, last year, <laughs> Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross. Crap, crap, and changing positions. All, all, yeah, all top ten overall picks. What a... And it was not good. What a train wreck. There were four first-round receivers in 2016. Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, Josh Doxon, Laquan Treadwell. My gosh. Really bad again, right? Treadwell. Coleman. Yep. Who is he? Who is he Fuller and Doxon. Fuller. So Fuller is the best of them so far. <laughs> That's, yeah. And, you know, Meyer, you know, Fuller is like the type of guy that Meyer tries to pass around. Like <laughs> I a, know. Has like the, a the you know, third-round pick. Village bicycle. <laughs> there were six first-round receivers in 2015. The first of them, fourth overall, Amari Cooper. I think we can get behind him. Yeah, okay, relatively to the he's rest been, of this He's been up and down, but yes. Listen to the rest of this crowd from 2015. <laughs> Kevin White, Devontae Parker. He's terrible. Nelson... A goaler, a goaler, Aguilar. Go somewhere else. Brashad Perriman and Philip Dorsett. Oh, man. Can you make the argument that the bust rate for first-round receivers is actually much higher than the bust rate for first-round running backs? Oh, yeah, you sure can. I mean, we were ripping on first-round running backs being... Right, last week. Yeah. The receivers for the last three years... How many dynasty owners have quit playing dynasty over picking one of these guys in the first round? I mean, I would say the jury is, I mean, the jury is obviously still out on Corey Davis and Mike Williams. And even, I, you know, a small heart, I could say John Ross, but I, I, don't, think, I, I don't like him at all. I think the jury's gone. But I would say Corey Davis, to me, I was the only one out of those. I don't think Mike Williams is going to do anything. Right. Um, Corey Coleman is now one of five guys on that offense. Yeah. I mean, Kevin White's talking about coming back. He's yeah. But I mean, even so that's having a, a shoulder crazy injury. long shot with him. Can we, can we go back to 2013 to cement this point even more? Yeah. Eighth overall it. pick, Tavon Austin. <laughs> 19 picks later, Houston took somebody named DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that's nice. And then Corderell Patterson, two picks after that. Oof. Yeah. Woof. Let's go to 2012, Dave, and look at first-round receivers. Justin Blackman. Mike, Michael Floyd, Kendall Wright, and I kid you not, A.J. Jenkins. Who? Oh. That's right, A.J. Jenkins. Wow. I can't, you know, I look at all these guys, I can't believe I even have productive receivers on my team. <laughs> you look at 2011. One of these things is not like the other. A.J. Green, Julio Jones, and Jonathan Baldwin. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that, that was actually pretty good. So, I mean, that's a reason right there where if you could trade away, let's say. 20, 2010, by the way, just to interrupt right, yeah. you. Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But if you could trade away, let's say, like the 106 or 107. Yeah. For someone who's just sick of, like, a guy like A.J. Green because he's getting old or whatever. I think, and granted, you probably can't do that. Uh-huh. Let's say the 107 and the 207 for A.J. Green because they think they're going to draft some receiver at the 107 because the running back class is so deep. Right. Well, look at the odds of doing it. Versus getting however many years out of A.J. Green. Maybe not Des Bryant. I mean, he's getting kind of old. Or something like even a 104 for Julio or something like that, who I always crap on. Um, it's just it's tough to get top 20 receivers that are good. Out of the last six years, for all the receivers that were taken, you're looking at 
one, two, three, four. And, and this is just first round receivers. That's okay. So that's one out of seven. And then if you include the Bafo year of 2014, we can't include Allen Robinson because he was a second round pick. Right. Uh, would you say Kelvin Benjamin is a hit? In this in this exercise, sure. Okay. So that's he's had a top 24 season. Or whatever. So just actually to prove my point, let's take out 2014, <laughs> just because everybody hit that year. That's fine. Um, but you really can't do that overall. I'm well. going to because it's it's this is this, this is, is your statistics. This is, yeah, it's statistics. <laughs> So, so we're going to do it my way. Um, so I would say two out of 13, I mean, what would you say in 2016? Was, is Will Fuller a hit? No. Okay, so then they're all, whiffs. They're all whiffs there. Yeah. That's two out of 17. That's, and in 17, you can't really count. Two out of 20, dude. Yeah. Take, throw out the Bafo, hold on. Throw out the Bafo year of 2014. Right. There were 20 receivers taken in the first round since 2012. Two of them have been hits. But you throw 14 in. How many were how many were drafted? Points? Well, that was five out of five. So seven oh, out of seven out of 25. That's still terrible. Really bad. Still terrible. Seven out of 25 is awful. So what can we do that's actionable about that? Okay, here's what's actionable. Who are we super excited about a receiver this year? No one. I'm not. Are you? Well, here's what I think. I think you know you make trades like trying to grab Tyree Kill last year after a decent year coming out, and you can get him. For anywhere from the 106 to the 112, Tyree Kill was available in trade, and people were giving him away for those prices. Yeah. And now you have a young receiver that's a pretty much a stud, number one on his team, and you didn't have to pay up for it. You know, you can get people after proving themselves to some extent. Yep. I don't know which. I mean, what would Juju cost? Probably high one, high first round pick. Um, but I mean, he's ranked in the eh, DLF. You could probably get him at like the 106, 107. Heading into today, Dynasty League football. Maybe not this year. Heading in today, Dynasty yeah. Football had Juju Smith-Schuster ranked about the same as Josh Gordon and about the same as Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Yeah. If I have Corey, in fact, I did do this in the league. I offered Corey Davis for Juju, and they turned me down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so, you know, someone might take you. I, I, I personally would never do it. I would always take Juju. Over I think that. I might. But you know, I already traded Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm just saying, like, you know, like he's proven at a super young age to be yeah. productive. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I, that's my take on. Huh? Uh, so here, here's the actionable. Um, uh, thing that you do in dynasty drafts, you wait till you're on the clock, and if there's not a running back that that you're really excited, well, first of all, if there's a receiver you're really excited about, then just take them. It's your team, not ours. But what I would do is, if you're lukewarm about the position there, you're not really excited about any running, back, like just get a future first or get you know trade out of that. You know, it's just or like add to your point, get a proven commodity that's maybe 23, 24, whatever. I would rather have a guy for 80%, 70% of his NFL career um, that, you know, maybe I miss out on one of his really good years, but I'd rather have that than take this awful percentage with me of drafting a totally unproven, unknown guy. Well, if you, I mean, if you have like a mid-second round pick and your team is competitive, but you're just a piece or two short, yeah. trade for fifth. I mean, he's yeah. like mid-second round. Yeah. You're going to get one year out of him. I mean, never know, maybe two yeah. or whatever, or somebody that people think is just too old. Yeah. Or trade for Dez. I mean, dude, I don't like Dez. I think he's, you know, I, I think he's possibly done for. But there's a chance, there's probably a 25% chance he regresses to the upside as he likes to say. There is a chance, yep. Um, and if nothing else, he's still a top 24 receiver last year. Since I traded Dez Bryant and Blake Carrington, we have had zero guests come on the show and say that they're bust is Des Bryant. Whereas every every week before that, 
Oh, who's the guy you don't like this year? Des Bryant, Falky. Can't get behind Des Bryant. Yeah, you know, you know, no offense to those guys, but saying you don't like Des Bryant is like saying you don't like Jerome Bettis this year. I mean, he's like, he's not, you know, it's like All a right, big well, deal. I, I don't know. Or Marshall Falk or LT. It's like, it's just kind of so, it's a little bit easy. Oh, I I don't know how easy it is to, to say that. Okay, you're looking I at. I don't like a guy who's sucked this past year. I guess he's still going in the late fifth, but. By the, way, by the way, he's going at the 5'10 right now. Do you know who's going at the 5'09? <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Who would you rather have this year, Juju or Des Bryant? Juju. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you still have Antonio Brown and deal with, but yeah. uh, I think Juju's going to be good. So. I think we're going to get into uh, fantasy class here. Uh, I want, want to thank football guys, Roto World and Rob, for tonight's rundown. The Panthers, uh, this was lost in the shuffle. The Panthers actually acquired Torrey Smith from the Eagles. There's a reason it was lost. Or <laughs> Daryl Worley, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, uh, on Twitter, Torrey Smith, 29 years old, 36 catches, 430 yards, and two touchdowns last year. What a piece of crap. Uh, this, okay, so let's talk, you want to talk about the Eagles side or the Panthers side first with this trade? I, I don't want to talk about Torrey Smith. The side That's of fine. Him. That's fine. He's terrible. He's not worth drafting or even discussing. So let's talk about the Panthers side of this. <laughs> Does this make you concerned that Carolina feels, yeah, we're good now? Like, <laughs> Funches, Torrey Smith, Greg Olson, McCaffrey. We don't really need to add a, a, a first or second round receiver. No. You think they still will? Well, it's possible. I mean, I get if they don't, I'll feel I'll feel way better about uh, both Funches, Funches and Mc, Funches, especially McCaffrey to a lesser extent. I, I don't, and yeah, even I, Olson actually, I feel pretty good about drafting Olson every year. Yeah, yeah I, I I would feel all right about Olson. I I don't think this affects McCaffrey too much. Well, whether I mean, whether they add some targets, now. it's like what is he make seventy targets or whatever. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, Torrey Smith got 69 last year, by the way. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Matt Collins, you like him now as the third receiver in Philadelphia, or is he just um, uh, covered up by Aguilar, Jeffrey, and Ertz? I think Matt Collins, Matt Collins is a guy people talk about, but he might be a breakout for a while, and then he just goes away. I mean, there's a, okay. I, have, I have him in one league, and I'm not really that excited about him. I mean, I have 25-man rosters, so it's just like he's just kind of sitting there. He's there. Yeah. He's a jag. I mean, there's a chance, I guess, but, you know, not that excited about uh, Let's get some fireworks going here from Dave Gerzak. The Indianapolis Star expects the Colts and free agent Dante Moncrief to, quote, part ways for good. Roto World calls him a physical freak. <laughs> Only 24 years old and is an inconsistency. Uh, the, freak, the freakishness is how unproductive he is. The, the inconsistency could be attributed to Andrew Luck uh, being out of action. Uh, Moncrief obviously also been dinged up the last few years. He's going to go to the open market. Dave, I saw your Twitter feed this week. You had some interesting <laughs> thoughts on Dante Moncrief potentially breaking out this year in 2018. Yeah, I was just saying, like, how many receivers are fifth-year breakouts? And that was my, that was my tweet. Yeah. I got a number of likes. But you know what? I'm going to contradict myself. Okay. Um, because I found an old – the article the on article Football Guys is so old that they didn't even date the sucker. Okay. But it, it, not, it names oh, fifth, breakouts from 1989 – Oh and, my goodness! And I don't know. I don't football know. Football guys? No, this is not from '89. But it's this. Okay, this is actually this is from I think 2000 and I think it's from 2002. Okay. Because one of the questions is, can we use this information to help predict who the breakout receivers are in 2003? So 16 years ago, this is from. Okay. Good job. Good job. Keep cool. that alive. Go guys. ahead. Yep. Um, fifth year breakout. No, keep in mind now that it's a lot of years later. So 15 years later, receivers break out faster. We can at least admit that. Right. Okay. But um, fifth-year breakout, Heinz Ward, Terrell Owens, Joe Horn, uh, Westbrook, uh, Terrence Mathis, Ernest Gibbons, 
Oh man, this is that's a lot of it's taking a lot, me back. It's a lot, but that's a lot of really good players. Okay, yeah, it is. But again, I I don't know. Terrell Owens didn't break out until his fifth year. Evidently. Boy, that's shocking to me. Yeah. That is really surprising. Well, so anyway, the point I guess. But when you look at the number, I mean, there's a lot more in the fourth year, and now especially now it's the second and third year. I don't I don't see Moncrief breaking out in this fifth year. Percentage chance Dante Moncrief is a top twenty receiver this year. Twenty. I don't even think it's that high. <laughs> I, Kind of you know, we're going to look over there how the receivers finished, and when you see some of the names in the top 20, maybe uh, maybe you'll be like, oh, maybe that percentage chance is actually a little bit higher than 20%, but, but that remains to be seen. Normally on this show, we don't like talking about rookie quarterbacks a whole lot for Dynasty because that is sort of like the sauce that goes on the ribs and the, uh, the brisket of the meat of Dynasty fantasy football, which is running backs, receivers, and tight ends. But we're going to have a little sauce tonight, not too much sauce. Uh, but Lamar Jackson is somebody that we want to bring up. He, his fastest pass at the scouting combine came in at 49 miles an hour. This is uh, data according to rlads.com. Now, if uh, this reminds you of anybody, Deshaun Watson last year also topped out at 49 miles an hour for his fastest combine throw. Uh, the mark this year for Lamar Jackson tied with Southern Florida Quentin Flowers for the slowest fastball among quarterbacks. By the way, Quentin Flowers not expected to play quarterback in the NFL, expected to uh, be a running back uh, or receiver. Uh, Jackson's velocity, not great, but probably not the end of the world, given what Deshaun Watson did last year. Uh, Jack Hahn, our good friend Jack Hahn, been a guest on this show, a guy that we've hung out with in the uh, NFL draft in Chicago for a few years now. Uh, He brought up the... Which, by the way, you're dogging us for some personal cruise with your stupid wife. Not talking about this. You know my feelings on the cruise and my you know what, you're right. draft. You'd rather go to the draft. All right, go ahead. So Jack Hahn sends us an email today to break out the T-Rex arm for Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so, and then you had the snarky comment like, yes, velocity is everything. Look at Deshaun Watson last year. He sucks. So, and by the way, I was officially crapping on Deshaun Watson because of his right. arm velocity yes, you last are, year. Yeah. I didn't draft him anywhere. I right. didn't get him in Dynasty anywhere. No, no. And look at where I sit. Yeah. And the pooper. Yeah. I made a mistake. Sitting so at, let's not make that mistake twice. Sitting, yeah, sitting at the 112 in, in many of your drafts. Um, well, I so, <laughs> so anyway, you look at Lamar Jackson. You and I both like him. A lot, yeah. I like him a lot. For Dynasty and redraft purposes, Mike Clay, formerly Pro Football Focus, now with ESPN, said this is a guy who's a top 10 quarterback if he gets drafted to be a starter this year. And honestly, don't really disagree with him at all. Well, I mean, the number one – Best running back of all time. I don't know if you heard of him. He's coming out this year. Uh, Barkley. He's like better than LT. They're already right. in the Hall of Fame. Lamar Jackson ran for more yards. More rushing yards last year than Barkley. Yeah. 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 And he decided to throw the ball once in a while too. Barkley never even threw it. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Very impressive. And uh, I can't wait to see his speed at his pro day. I, if, hope he, I, I swear I hope you're wrong. If you are in a dynasty league a non-Superflex Dynasty League where Lamar Jackson goes at the 101 instead of Saquon Barkley, let us know. Because I cannot believe you're going to be paying the same price for Lamar Jackson. And granted, it's, it's different position, whatever. Let's I talk. get it. When, where, so what, what do you think his value is in a Dynasty League, like an FFPC Dynasty League? Ball you know how some people are like, hey, FFPC, you need to get rid of kickers for fantasy. Yeah, those people can suck it. You know, but don't, no, they cannot. <laughs> We're not, I'm not going to say that. You know what I say to that? Oh. Kickers, get rid of the quarterback. <laughs> Great. 
So I am not the guy to be talking to about where are you going to take a quarterback <laughs> in a dynasty league. That's pretty funny. I already said that um, I, I wouldn't take until the third round. And in the dynasty leagues I play in, obviously running backs, receivers, tight ends are, are valued, more valued than quarterbacks. I, will, I can't imagine taking him in the second round. Maybe a late second round, I, I could see it. But where I sit in the second round of my drafts, they're all early to mid-seconds. So I will be using that on running backs. Maybe not receivers after our previous discussion. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, uh, I don't envision take myself taking Lamar Jackson. I'm much more comfortable. You're probably I, not going to take him at all. Uh, well, he probably won't be available. But I'll say this. Um, I have, like in Blake Harrington Dynasty, for example, I have one quarterback in that league, Ben Roethlisberger. And I guarantee you, that not all these quarterbacks are going to be drafted, like, you right. know, in our rookie draft. Right. Those are I, I'll probably just pick one of those guys up off the waiver wire. Or if I have a fourth-round pick, which I think I do, I'll probably just get my back up there. Right. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, not every league is like that. Right. I mean, I'm in a couple leagues, you know, Carrington, another one as well. Uh, I think he, it's the he, big Afton league, which was originally a Luther Tranquility, yeah. uh, where quarterbacks are just so devalued. People just could care yeah. less about them. But, I mean, I really think – in. When I look at the value of him, I actually think he's probably worth something around the 107 to 110. Maybe. If, if you're talking about if he's going to start, right? Yeah. Um, I'd be willing to take him in the mid-second, like pretty confidently okay. there. And yeah. maybe even a little – if I have like an Andy Dalton-led team, maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, actually, I do have one dynasty team. I have two quarterbacks on that team, Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton. So maybe there I yeah, will be looking at Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, the, that's one of the Kentucky ones, though. Oh, yeah. So he's going to go. He might be the 102 oh, yeah. in those leagues. Yeah, Farrell, nice job on the rules there, The buddy. Louisville action. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I would just look at the ADP and see where he's being drafted and then and reach and reach above that to try and get him. Even in leagues where if I had, like, Brady or something like that, for sure, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get him if I can. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on and talk about Dante Pettis here, the Washington receiver. He's not planning on going through – the athletic testing during his school pro day tomorrow, this according to NFL.com. Uh, he says there's a certain way to do these drills to get the passing time. It takes a lot of reps to get the technique down. He said he has not had enough time to get those reps in. Six foot, 192 pounds. He actually hurt his ankle in November, and it kept him from testing at the combine. He says he can run a 4.3740 when he's uh, right, and he still wants to run for teams before the draft, uh, but it will not be this weekend. The Rams and Buccaneers have scheduled visits with Dante Pettis. Your thoughts on Dante Pettis, Dave, because we didn't hear about him. He wasn't at the Combine. But this is a guy that you've seen in, in a lot of uh, industry mocks going in the second or third round. You know, I, I don't know a whole lot about his game, 6 so he's a little thin. Uh, but I like his decision not to run. I think that's smart. I, don't think I choose easy. not to run. It's, it's smart. I mean, why, why do poorly when you haven't had any chance to drill? All these other guys are going at, you know, elite performance metrics, uh, whatever, you know, any of these stupidly named places where all they do is performance testing and, and try to make you better and faster, he hasn't had that opportunity to do that. So I think he's making the right decision. I, you know, so I kind of like his at least thought process, but I don't really know enough about him to really have a great opinion about him. Overall. Stuart, too, in the chat room, part of the new genesis, the regenesis that we'll be covering live here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour in a couple of months. He says Pettis is very good. Pettis had a good quarterback, too, and Jake Browning the last couple of years uh, at Washington as well. So uh, certainly that has uh, definitely helped him out. Although, you know who the last wide receiver was that was drafted? from Washington, University of Washington, went ninth overall last year. Ross. And he might be playing cornerback this year. So whatever. So. You know what? I'll take that. I'll say this. I'll take Dante Pettis, wherever he's being drafted, yeah. over a guy that's about the same size, height, weight, and speed, Calvin Ridley. I'll take him over wherever Calvin Ridley's going to be going. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. 
right. I'm also having it with the 105 or 104 or whatever, and I'll take Pettis at the 208. If, if Calvin Ridley joins this group of receiver first-round receivers that have busted, I will, I'll just be like, you know what? I'll be like, I don't plan on drafting. I'll be like, you know what? I, I'm going to pat myself on the back for not taking Ridley because all the signs were there. Yeah. What is he, 30? <laughs> okay, he's 24. He might be older than that. Austin Hooper is uh, getting some work in this offseason with his quarterback, Matt Ryan, at the uh, team facility. We don't know exactly when it started, but it could have started as early as last Friday. Ooh. Going through an hour-plus throwing session. They've had multiple sessions since then to work on timing. And uh, Hooper says he's actually going to be in Atlanta all offseason to work with Matt Ryan. Does this change your thoughts on Austin Hooper as a sleeper tight end this year for the third straight year? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, for some reason, I don't like Hooper. I got offered a trade today, actually. He's going at the 11.07 in redraft right now behind guys like, I should say, ahead. okay, do a quick would you rather with sure. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper or Adam Shaheen? That's interesting you mention that because my trade offer included, I have Shaheen. Someone offered me a Hooper for Shaheen in a 2019 third. And I think I'm actually... So, wait, 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 wait. You would get Shaheen? I would get Hooper. I have Shaheen, and he wanted Shaheen in a 2019 third for Hooper. Totally would not do that. I'm going to pass. Actually, yeah. I, I kind of like Shaheen and, and Nagy. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, was it Evan Silva that tweeted that out? And we talked about yeah, it on this show? Yeah. He could be like a Travis Kelsey light this year under Matt Nagy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take a Shaheen there and keep my third, darn it. Hoop, this is, I'm talking about for redraft, not yep, dynasty. Yep, yep. Hooper or Jared Cook? I'll take Hooper. I hate Cook. I hate, I hate Cook, too, but I like Cook uh, better than Hooper. This is a guy, by the way. I, I, Cook is the worst. I, like, you know how like, I say I'm driving the bandwagon for certain guys? I'm the guy in, I'm, I'm the guy in, the, uh, in front of the cow catcher on the tracks pushing the, the bandwagon back. Which with, with Hooper this year. Because I was driving pushing, it last year. I'm pushing it the, back. Yeah, I'm trying to push it back. I'm like, no. Like, stop, guys. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Stop trying to make Hooper happen. It's not going to happen. Austin Hooper or Charles Clay? I'll take Clay. I have to take Hooper there, actually. You know, Hooper's all, I mean, Buffalo, if they don't have a quarterback. They'll, they'll dig one up. And that's my fear. That, 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 that it's going to be the corpse of somebody else. It sucks there. that they lost 2,700 yards of passing. I know. Well, that's during that 62% completion. It percent. could be a rookie quarterback this year, which, granted, I guess he, he might. for 2,700 yards. He might focus on Charles. Leroy Corson gets over 2,800 yards in the NFL. All right. Leroy, the Corson, reason, Leroy Corson has better knees than Charles Clay does. Yeah, Sanu is still more targeted than Hooper, and then yep. Julio commands 177 yeah. targets a year. So why, why is Freeman, Freeman Coleman, you can lump in that yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, here's an interesting one Austin Hooper or free agent to be Trey Burton? <laughs> that actually is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, I, I might have to take Cooper, even though I kind of think uh, Burton's intriguing. Give me the unknown. I'm going to take Trey Burton there. Uh, 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 Austin Hooper, Vince McDonald. Uh, Hooper. I agree. And Austin Hooper, Cameron Brait. Hooper. I'm going to take Brait after what we just heard from uh, Clay Corker and about O.J. Howard. Give me, <laughs> give me Cameron Brait. I'm going to take a time splitter that's going to lose his job. It's not going to be a time splitter if Clay Corcoran is, is accurate in his assessment of O.J. Howard. Well, Cameron Bray went to Harvard. He's going to go into investment banking this year and study. He's just going to leave the NFL. Here's what's going to happen. O.J. <laughs> Howard's going to be cut. The Jets, For drinking? the Jets are not going to re-sign ASJ. They're going to sign O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard's going to be in the best shape of his life, and he's going to have 50 touchdowns called back this coming. Is ASJ a free agent? He yes, is. he is. Maybe the Tampa re-signs him. Who would you rather have, Austin Hooper or ASJ? 
I'll take Sperry Jenkins for sure. ASJ is going four spots ahead of Austin Hooper. Oh, right yeah, now. good. Yes. Smart. It is smart. All right, let's move on and talk about the receivers in review, Dave. You have the list in front of you, I believe, allegedly. What? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Are we still are we still on? Yes, we're still on. <laughs> we're gonna make this. Oh, here quick. they are. Yeah, there's it. So I, you know, we went pretty deep. There's like 120 receivers. We'll not be talking about 120 receivers tonight. If you see something, say something. Otherwise, we're gonna go by the. Uh, Is this a terrorist? The the rubric that I've uh, put together here. And uh, talk about the wide receiver three last year, Dave. Didn't know if he was coming back this year, but he is. Larry Fitzgerald. And he's going as the wide receiver 21 in drafts this year. It's just insane. The number three receiver you can get at the end of the fourth round. Oh, my goodness. He doesn't have a quarterback. You know, he might get a quarterback. Something tells me they're going to pick up a quarterback that's going to be able to play football and throw it to one of the best receivers ever to play the game. Let me just give you a few of the – Guys that are going ahead of Larry Fitzgerald in drafts right now. Demarius Thomas, Jordy Nelson, repeat that, Jordy Nelson, <laughs> Stephon Diggs, Josh Gordon, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Adam Thielen, Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Adams. I mean, all those guys are going ahead, and other guys too are going ahead of Fitzgerald. I'd rather have Fitzgerald than a lot of those guys, Dave. I don't know about a lot. I mean, there's actually some good names on that list, but it, in, Jordy in, Nelson invariably Fitz is going to he will outproduce them most. Who would you rather have this year, Stephon Diggs or Larry Fitzgerald? Uh, I mean, for just redraft? Yes. I guess I got to take Fitz because I mean, Fitz I, is I don't like think the it's only, close. Yeah, Fitz is like the only guy because it's, it's Diggs and Thielen. And then what's their quarterback situation looking like? Uh, in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, it's about to be looking a lot better. <laughs> Because I'm going to retract my prediction of Kirk Cousins of the Broncos. I think he goes to the Vikings now. Yes, they have three quarterbacks in Minnesota. Now they're going to get rid of all three of them and take someone else. Tyreek Hill finished as the number six receiver last year, Dave. Kudos to you. You called it. You said, look, this guy needs to be going higher in drafts. He didn't. You reap the rewards of Tyreek Hill last year. That's right. All the football dummies were totally wrong. And the people, the regular people, the draft, the ADP was right, and the football experts were complete idiots and were totally wrong. (laughs) Let's just make sure that's clear. There were some analysts. Oh, he's going way too high. Should be drafted in the ninth round, eighth round. He was going in the fourth round. All the people who actually pay money play fantasy were correct. A couple of thoughts on this. The experts, the dummies, they were wrong. I'm going to bring up three things. A, not everybody who played fantasy football for money last year was in love with Tyreek Hill. (laughs) That's true. B, not every analyst said that he should be going in the ninth round of fantasy drafts. C, I don't know any analyst that said Tyreek Hill should be going in the ninth round of fantasy drafts. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I can pull him up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd That's love to see time. Freezing, at Freezing Cold Takes on, or Cold Takes Exposed <laughs> on Twitter. Sure, I should find that. Okay. So my point with Tyreek Hill here is he's being drafted as the wide receiver nine right now. Okay, there's a fluctuation there a little bit. He's, you know, three spots down. Fine. You have a little bit of uncertainty with Mahomes. Okay, but isn't his ceiling higher? This is a guy that's basically going the same spot he was last year, getting passes thrown to him by known, I'd rather stab my eyes with knitting needles than throw the ball downfield, Alex Smith. I think that's incorrect. And you have... That statement right there is incorrect. Is ADP... What? That Alex Smith doesn't like throwing downfield? Correct. I think everyone underrated... I mean, everyone obviously underrated Alex Smith last year. He played uh, really yeah. well. Yeah, he's that's turned, true. He's, turned, he's 
people have been so slow to recognize, you know, it's like th- that his, pro- okay. his progression. All right. You know, it's like the movie She's All That, right? You know, the girl's got the painter overalls on. She's got the glasses. She's ugly. So there's, there's this is a false analogy. The first false impression, analogy. and then she turns off hot in the end. And Alex, she's a good gosh, but she's still okay. the nerd to him all the time. Rachel they Lee, went to high school for four years with this girl. Rachel, Lee Cook, Rachel Lee Cook played the girl, the main girl, <laughs> and she's all that. She was hot, okay? I, the, first, the, first, the first time I saw that movie, I'm like, I don't understand... <laughs> Like this, this girl is is this gorgeous chick with glasses, she's, and she cute. took she's off cute. she took off her glasses, and she's gorgeous. Yes, obviously that's gonna happen. You're referring to not another teen movies the way they did it. <laughs> no, I'm referring to she's all that. Well, both of them did it the same way, but not another teen movie did it on purpose. Which, by the way, not another teen movie is obviously better than she's all okay. that. Okay, it's right. a better movie. Sorry, than Captain the, America, by the way. Yeah, it's a better movie than all the movies that imitated. Um, if you haven't seen it. Alex Smith has never looked remotely hot from a fantasy <laughs> perspective. You could his stats were pretty hot last year. Yes, they that that's they were, and that's what I'm saying. It's a false analogy because he got I like a hottie. Yes, but but Dave, the point I'm trying to make is up until last year, I was never he never gave me remotely a fantasy erection. That is what I'm trying he, to say. He's all that. He well, he turned out to be all that. That's true. I would have lost the bet. That uh, uh, last year, that that you couldn't make out. He was, a, he was actually a great waiver pickup for a lot of teams last year. Kirk, hey, fantastic. I think I think Kirk's team might have picked him. Up. Yeah, he, he did. Anyway, so the point is back to Mahomes. I think that the fact is you have Mahomes is, is still a bit of uncertainty with with Alex Smith. If he was still there, you at least have the okay. You have the same guy throwing to the same guy with the same offense, right. the same fat walrus who's lost a little weight. Good for him. And uh, is he really? I think he has one. Oh, I didn't know that. I, did you see him at the combine or something? I haven't seen him since last year. He stopped eating out of the combine. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> Fantasy receiver last year, number 12, which makes him, as the kids like to call it, a WR1. Marvin Jones, Dave. Oh. And, of course, this year, 26 receivers are being drafted in front of him. He's not being drafted until the mid-sixth round. Uh, his teammate, Golden Tate, who finished as wide receiver 14 last year, so almost a wide receiver one, yeah. being drafted three spots uh, or three receivers ahead of Jones. He's a wide receiver 24 and uh, being drafted in the mid-fifth round. What, what, I don't understand. What are, what, what are, what, what's the downside of these two guys? Oh, okay. Uh, Detroit, Detroit got a new coach. Okay, I get it. Oh, he's a defensive guy and he's smart. Well, how's that a downgrade? Right. Oh, well, they, they, they uh, got a new tight end. No, Ebron's still there. Is Ebron? I thought he was going to go. They have, they have to make a decision by Wednesday, okay? But the fact of the matter is, if they are shipping him out, I, I Ebron's can't. Ebron's so sucky, who cares? Yeah, yeah well, way. okay, but then the argument would be that the guy that's coming in for him is going to be an improvement. But well, who's, if it's Jimmy Graham, then, yeah. But who's pre, who, I don't understand who's drafting these receivers this late. Um, based on the assumption that Ebron's going to be gone and somebody else is going to be, well, like, I, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to ascertain is why are these receivers being pushed down so much when it's Jim Bob Cooter still running the offense, Matthew Stafford still the quarterback? What's changed? What what's going to be changing? That's what I don't get. Well, I think you know what's interesting is when you look at Marvin Jones, he was actually receiver twelve, but he only scored two hundred and seven fantasy points, and uh, Tate scored two hundred and one. Right. And there was a pretty good drop off. Uh, Devontae Adams had two twenty two, so you know top eleven were two twenty two plus. Okay. Those aren't really those aren't impressive numbers. So I feel like you look at those numbers and then you go all the way down. Let's go all the way down to like receiver. Let's go down to Juju at receiver on number thirty. Yeah. He scored one sixty two. Now that's a it's a big difference, but how big really is it? You know, like. 
a lot of times you can explain away that variation of like 30, 40 points. Like, oh, he didn't play all year. Uh, you know, Robert Woods didn't play all year. Kenny Stills didn't play all year. You know, all those things. Okay. Some people can make these like cases, but other guys can get over the 200. I'm not saying. All right. All right. Here, but I'm just going to say this. But Marvin he Jones was, could do better. Too. He was 45 points away from being the wide receiver 30. Not sure. He was 15 points away from being the wide receiver 11. That's true, yeah. Okay. So I'll just. But if he, if, if he, if he scores 40 more points this year, he's a wide receiver 6 or 7. In, using, using those numbers. That's so. also true. Did, didn't we just say that the wide receiver scoring was down last year? It was. It was yeah. down last two years, actually. Okay. And Rovers made the point that it's because tight end scoring has been up, uh-huh. and running back rece- receiving running backs are they're catching more passes. Right. Tight end uh, scoring. Passing yards are similar, actually. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, the running back class this year is baller, and I think the tight end class is actually pretty good, so I don't know how right. that's going to change. It's all right. Well, we'll see. Um, Cooper Cup. Wide receiver 24 last year, being drafted as wide receiver 34 this year. He is going in the early eighth round. You've already said that the receiver to own in uh, Los Angeles, well, at least for the Rams, is Cooper Cup. I agree. Why are people hating on him? I don't know. He's white. <laughs> it might. You know what? It all comes back to race. He's white. All stop. That's it. What else is the other reason? He's a good receiver. He's really good. As a receiver, as a rookie, he's put up those numbers. Yeah. I don't see any reason why he can't improve on those numbers. You know, Rob, he's a good young quarterback. Right. Robert, Robert Woods a had a pretty good season last year. He finished his wide receiver at 28, and he missed some time. He did, but I look at Robert, I mean, again, and I might be wrong. I, I very well could be. Robert Woods has been in the NFL for a number of years. He had not done that well in the past. I don't know. I'm not a big believer in Robert Woods as, as being all that great, whereas Cup, I think, He's, his route running is going to improve. Granted, he, Cup came into the NFL as an older rookie, but his route running will improve. Uh, I think that he's just going to be a, a more savvy player. I don't see any reason why he can't improve or do better. And, and now you got rid of Sammy Watt. Yeah, I mean, think about all those non-targets that will be yeah, now he available. didn't catch the yeah. overthrown. Think about all the times they didn't throw to Watkins <laughs> that is going to be available to Cooper Cup. So, yeah. that's, so now here's the one I really wanted to talk about, and this I think is just – Absolute fantasy gold. Kenny Stills finishes as the 26th receiver last year, Dave. That's wide receiver 26. Yeah. He is going as the wide receiver 48 wow. in drafts no, right now. Oh, no, hold on. I'm not done. I want to make this full point. Let me get out the litany. Wide receiver 48. Yeah, let's hear it. You can have him in the 13th round. The 13th. Take a kicker in the 12th and get the wide receiver 26 from last year in the 13th. This is ADP. That was before Jarvis Landry was traded to the Cleveland Browns. The only other semi-decent receiver they have there is a guy that you would not use the modifier semi-decent to describe, and that's Devontae Parker. I would, use, I would get rid of the word decent. I would say he's a semi-wide receiver. He's a semi-football player. <laughs> Kenny Stills, man. What the hell? This is another guy that should be being – we talk about Marquise Goodwin. He should be pushed up. Kenny Stills should be pushed up. What, what's going on? Is it just – is it the fact that, like, okay, um, well, okay, now we'll bring this up. And I don't know how much this plays into fantasy players in their make, when they're drafting, but there was talk that Stills could be cut because the Dolphins were one of the worst – had the, one of the worst cap situations in the NFL and Stills signed that extension. Um so there's a possibility that he could be gone, but I don't think there's a possibility they're going to cut him now. They don't have him to be left. So obviously they should keep Stills because 
Because they shouldn't come, so they're going to cut Because it's the Dolphins? Because it's the Dolphins. Are they the new Browns? Yeah, they're, the, they're, they're trying to be the new Browns. They're trying to be the new Browns. And the NFL, you know, Leontay Carew is still there, and that guy's done nothing either. Know, the, the problem with the Dolphins is they think they're an NBA franchise, or they think they're an MLB franchise where you tank. You know, bad, they all tank in those sports. Yeah. In the NFL, you don't do that. Well, because I, of the parity. The Browns and the Jets would differ. Well, I'm, they don't tank to that extent. They, it's not a, it's not the, Jets, the Jets tried to tank last year and failed. Yeah, they went with were seven and nine or six. Uh, six and ten or something. I should have like that over. I missed on that. One. Yeah. What What was that? Like three and a half? It was, it was some some insanely low number. Yeah. Football outsiders had it right too. Yeah. They had the over. Uh, okay, anything, I, I, and I don't want to put you on the spot here because there's 120 receivers here. I don't actually, know. If they take a rookie wide receiver of the Dolphins, that's actually probably a good thing for Stills because a rookie wide out probably won't do a whole lot. I can't imagine they would. Pressure. And uh, they could be taking a rookie quarterback this year too. Um, yeah, so it could, it could be, a, maybe it's just a team in flux. Maybe everybody recognizes that the Dolphins are not a good organization and they don't want to have any shares whatsoever. It's not like Devontae Parker is being drafted high either, by the way. There, this could be... And honestly, this this uh, it has a lot to do with Landry being traded. But Devontae Parker, Dave, is not being selected until the 11th round. So the Dolphins, after the Landry t- trade today, and I can't back this up, but they could be in FFPC ADP. They could be the team that is having their number one receiver drafted the latest right now. Yeah, that sounds about right. No Dolphins receivers going off the board until the 11th round. Now that's going to change. How much? We shall see. It's all about the future. We're looking forward because this show is now done. I want to thank Clay Corcoran for uh, coming on tonight. Mr. Uh, what, what did uh, Lexus call him in the chat? The fantasy football miracle worker? Uh, yeah. Fantasy football miracle worker joined us tonight. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, all of you I want to thank. We will be back next week as well, 10-9 Central. I want to remind everybody to sign up for those best ball dynasties, super flexes, double ups, classics, everything we got going on at myffpc.com. Uh, remember, set your clocks forward. I know the FFPC email. I screwed it up for the second straight year. I said, Time to turn back the clock. No, dummy. You set it forward. Spring ahead. Spring forward. Thanks for reminding me. So, your daylight savings time weekend where you set your clock forward. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog, stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Where you get that from? Last thing I'll uh, mention from the chat room tonight, Lexus Aces Rebels mentioned that Cortland Sutton winding up in Miami would be a fantabulous place for him. So if you're if you're running if you Dave Gerzak are running the Dolphins, and you're deciding between Baker Mayfield and Cortland Sutton, who are you taking? I'm taking Mayfield if I'm deciding between, between those two. If it's if it's you, right? Now if it's the yeah, Dolphins, you, you need, yeah, they're going to take uh, Sutton. No, they're not going to take yeah. Sutton. And you know what? Sutton's not going to go in the same spot as Mayfield. He's not a top ten pick. And they're not going to take Mayfield either. Probably not. No. Mayfield's going to do well in the NFL. So why would they take? Him? No, they're they're going to take Kalen Balich. <laughs> Because it's the Dolphins. So, you know, Sutton had that amazing three cone, six five seven. I'm his, start- size, his size is crazy. Starting to like him. Starting to like him, but not the Dolphins. I don't like Ballage because his name reminds me. It sounds like Karen. 
So it reminds me of cabbage. Yeah, Kalen cabbage. Karen, yeah, it's like a cabbage patch kid. I don't like them. I, I just don't Kaylin like Kalen Karen. You know, I, I know St. Patrick's Day coming up. I don't like cabbage. <laughs> I don't like ballage. All right. No cabbage, no Kalen, no. no Horrible ending of the show. All right. Thanks for listening. Edit, everybody. Edit, 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 edit. No, all right. I got to edit it now. <laughs>